What up, yo? It's Mark Shannon with the Fantasy Knockout. Fantasy Football Show today is Saturday, June 6th, episode number 96. So today is going to be a fun show. Really excited about it. I'm going to break down... Break down the AFC South. Who are the winners and losers from the NFL draft? What does the depth chart look like on each team? And I'm going to go over my player projections as well. So it's been a while since I've recorded the show. Something like three weeks, I know. Sorry, sorry, everyone. I just want to let everyone know that I, myself, and my family are doing well. It's been an interesting time this past month. Um, you know, you got COVID with the lockdown and you have the protests and riots going on and it's just an interesting time in this, in this world. I'm not going to address any of that. Um, think everyone agrees that what happened in Minneapolis is, is a tragedy and wrong and there needs to be change. So that being said, we all can do better. We all need to do better. Okay. And we're going to move on from there. Well, the reason I didn't put out um, some shows was I just I became very, very busy. But Merrick, have you been so busy with the lockdown going on and all? <laughs> Funny you ask. I helped my father-in-law. We redid his pool. We uh, acid washed it. We grinded around all the tiles. Then we ended up replastering it, sanding that down. And it, it took about two weeks or so to redo his pool. It looks amazing. looks fantastic. Then a buddy of mine, he called and asked uh, if I could help him out with his business, cleaning solar panels. And those were very long days, waking up at 5 a.m. and getting home about 6 p.m., being tired and just basically passing out and starting all over the next day. Um, And then Michelle, she started with some little home projects, such as like painting the laundry room, which I haven't completed yet. (laughs) So she's hounding me on that. Um, But then she wanted to finish redoing the backyard and the front yard. And so that took over priority with all this uh, going on as well. Not to mention that the casino where I work, they open back up. And so, which is fantastic. So it's, I'm back to normal with work and the working nights and the schedule and doing all that again. I love it. I'm, I'm happy to get that routine back. And just with me being so busy, I didn't want to put out like half-ass shows. I want to put out some quality shows. And I know that this, uh, next eight weeks or so with me breaking down all the, the um, divisions and going over player projections and all that stuff, that's very important to me. And I don't want to just, like I said, put out a crappy product and just kind of blow through a lot of that. I want to put, spend, I, I spent a lot of time on doing these. So I want to explain this and really kind of go over it and why and explain and talk about some of the rankings and stuff. So I'm excited about it. That's why. We took I took like three weeks off. <laughs> anyway, so we're back. And if you're wondering where we can follow the show, you can check the show notes. So if you know when wherever you're listening to the show, if it's on like Spotify or Apple Podcast, um, scroll down a little bit or roll down a little bit. You can see show notes where it explains like what's going on, what the show topic is, and also I included some links in there which you can follow the show on Twitter. Uh, Facebook and Instagram all on there. You can also um, sign up and become a patron of the show where you can donate and help uh, support the show if you want to. 
Also, you can visit the website, fantasyknockout.com, which is all kind of cool. You can follow the our kind of hashtag, which is dominate your league. So check out those show notes. Check out the, uh, the social media sites. Check out the website. I'd really appreciate all that. Ready to talk some news? News with views. All right, so there's been a lot going on. I'm not going to hit all of it today. Uh, I'll save some of the other good ones for next week, but I'm just going to hit about five or six things that have happened that, uh, I don't know, I feel important at this time. So first one is quarterback Nick Foles of the Chicago Bears. His coach, Matt Nagy, said there is, quote, no QB competition going on right now over their Zoom. Uh, Foles and Trubisky are expected to, you know, begin their open competition at some point, just not yet. Uh, basically, I assume it will be clear when they hit the field. You know, we'll be able to tell who's going to be the quarterback for next year. Also, I give a leg up to Foles, given his past experience under coach, uh, the co- the quarterback coach, John D. Filippo, where they worked together in Jacksonville and Philadelphia. Uh, the offensive coordinator, Bill Razor, uh, Foles had some past experience there in Philly. And then the head coach, Matt Nagy, was in Philly and Kansas City with Foles. So it just all kind of ties together. Foles is going to be their guy. I think they like him. They trust him to run it the way they want and need to. So next is Roger Goodell. He released a memo stating clubs may reopen their facilities uh, beginning May 19th. This is a little bit old news. Um, Basically, no players except for medical slash rehab purposes or coaches will be allowed to show up at the time. Alan Sills, the NFL chief medical officer, he remains uncertain when players might be cleared to return to team facilities. Basically, I think the, you know the biggest question is they're trying to figure out what to do if a player tests positive during the season. Also, I hear the league is working on like an N95-like device to put on the face mask, which would be kind of interesting to see how that would work and play. Um, the league is going to go forward. I have a feeling, I have a very strong feeling that they're going to play whether that is with fans in the stands or not. I do not know that one. I don't know, but they'll put players on the field to put a product out this year for sure. Guaranteed lock it up. Uh, next tight end, Eric Ebron of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He said he resumed running and cutting with no pain. He had ankle surgery, uh, last year. So that's good news for him. Next coach, Joe judge of the New York giants. Said the offense will be similarly based, you know, that's in quotations, off of offensive coordinator Jason Garrett's what he ran in Dallas. What the? Really, Joe? Uh, really? That's not good news under Garrett. Dallas, you know, annually had one of the slowest paced and run heavy offenses. Please just, just don't become the Cowboys 2.0. Next quarterback, Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks. A report came out stating back in like 20, 2018, uh, there was a presumable trade with Seattle and the Cleveland Browns where Russell would have, he would have been a Brown and Seattle would have gotten like the number one overall pick. So it looks like there's a little smoke there in Seattle. And in, if there's smoke, then that means there might be a fire. So I wonder how much longer Wilson has, um, you know, going there. He's currently under contract till 2023. So at least another year or so. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see him just anywhere else other than Seattle. I just I don't know. But um, next, running back Carlos Hyde. 
He is a free agent. He signs a one-year contract with the Seattle Seahawks. They obviously needed more depth at the position with Rashad Penny not likely to be ready for the start of the season. And then quarterback Joe Flacco, he was a free agent. He now signs a one-year contract with the New York Jets to back up Sam Darnold. I don't think he's ready to play week one anyways, but uh, back up there for New York. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Main event. All right, so we're going to break down the AFC South. We have the Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to do them alphabetically, so no importance there. So let's start it off. The Houston Texans. So after trading away their wideout DeAndre Hopkins, sorry, (laughs) and getting back an older running back in David Johnson, it wasn't looking like a solid start for the Texans. They go out and sign Randall Cobb in free agency, which to me was odd because they already had several slot wide receivers in Kenny Stills and uh, Will Fuller and stuff like that. So adding Randall Cobb, okay. Then they make a trade with the Rams and they acquire wide receiver Brandon Cooks, which in my opinion helps the situation out some. Not a lot. So let's, let's talk some... Uh, or let's do the depth chart. So the quarterback, obviously, everybody knows it's going to be Deshaun Watson. Then they got two running backs. So their number one running back is going to be David Johnson. He's, again, from Arizona. They traded for him. Uh, no longer having Lamar Miller or Carlos Hyde. They're gone. They still have Duke Johnson. I think he's the backup, so he's the RB2 there. And then the wide receivers, you got Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller. And then the tight end, you have Jordan Atkins. Um, so let's talk some projections. So Deshaun Watson, I got him down for like 358 completions for 4,213 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, which is not bad. I have him rush- rushing for 503 yards with six rushing touchdowns for about 336 points. With him losing... Hopkins, who's got a who had like a 26 or almost 30 percent target share um, there in Houston with Watson losing that losing his safety blanket. I think he's going to run a little bit more. I think he's going to also dump off, you know, little short passes to David Johnson or Duke Johnson. So those two get a little boost up because they're going to see a little bit more receiving work. They're going to throw it some, but I just don't know who's going to emerge from there with Cooks, Stills, and Fuller, or even Cobb, too, because forgot Randall Cobb's there. With all those guys, I think it's just going to be a dink and dunk. I, there, there's no way to really project um, who's going to be the guy that week. It's just it's going to be a frustrating um, ownership. Hopefully, one guy emerges and becomes the dominant receiver there. Um, so like I was saying, David Johnson, I see a bump up for receptions. So I got him down for 251 rushing attempts for 1,003 yards, six rushing touchdowns, but I got him for 38 receptions for 403 receiving yards and two touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns for a total of 203.8 points, which is not a bad, um, as I'm doing that Duke Johnson, I got him tagged for 79 rushing yards or 79 rushes for 374 yards. Two rushing touchdowns, 44 receptions for 404 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns for 127.8 points. So I got 
David Johnson as my RB19 um, just after Jonathan Taylor and Chris Carson right before Le'Veon Bell or Melvin Gordon. Um, so I like David Johnson too. He'd be a solid running back two on your team, um, you know, or or even a flex. Um, you know, if you're lucky to go, if you're if you go two running backs in the first one and maybe he's there in the third round, that would be a nice flex running back to have. Uh, so let's talk about these two wide receivers, Brandon Cooks and Kenny Stills. I have them uh, projected for the most two, the most points for these two their top receivers there in uh, Houston. So Cooks, I have him for 154 points. And Kenny Stills, I have for 137 points. So Cooks, I got 95 targets, 62 receptions for 880 yards with six touchdowns. Stills, I have for 79 targets, 56 receptions, 793 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. So it's kind of like I have have it all kind of spread out. Nobody really dominating and taking um, that lead role there. Um, and then the tight end that I see that's going to emerge out of him, out of the two, is you have Darren Fells there. But I think Jordan Atkins is going to be the guy. Um, he's I got him pegged for 53 targets, 37 receptions, 456 receiving yards, three touchdowns for a total of 82 fantasy points. And when I'm talking about total fantasy points, this is a half-point league. So that's what most leagues play. That is pretty much the default for um, Yahoo! Um in all the leagues I play is half point. It's the easiest, I think, to understand. Ready to move on? All right, so next is the Indianapolis Colts. And I am excited about this team. Their general manager, Chris Ballard, has done very well. He gets his coach, Frank Reich, a quarterback that he knows, that that Reich knows, um, and has worked with. They have a solid offensive line. And basically, this is going to be the best offensive line Rivers has ever seen. So they draft uh, a wideout, Michael Pittman, who will complement T.Y. Hilton very well. Uh, They trade back to get their running back of the future. So they they drafted uh, Pittman in the second round, and then they trade back up to grab their running back, which is Jonathan Taylor, and I think he's going to be amazing. Not necessarily this year. But like dynasty wise, I think he'll be fantastic going forward several years. He's going to be the main guy there. In my opinion, he's one of the best uh, three down backs in this draft class. Um, so I think he's a stud. Not And again, not necessarily this year. Um, we might see some glimpses of it. But uh, once Marlon Mack is gone, which should be by next year, this is his last year. And I think they'll just they'll use Mack because he is the veteran there. Um and they'll just move on. Um, so it's going to be Taylor's backfield going forward. So let's talk some depth charts. So the quarterback is Phillip Rivers. Running backs. Uh, I have the number one running back is Jonathan Taylor. And then the backup is Marlon Mack. You're going to also see Naheem Hines in the mix as like the third down back. So it's a crowded backfield. Not... Any one of these running backs that I want to be my one or my first or second running back on my team, I want them as bench or uh, possibly flex play. I'd prefer bench. So then we got some wide receivers. You got T.Y. Hilton, who's still there. They drafted Michael Pittman. You still have Paris Campbell, who will play in the slot. And then their tight end is Jack Doyle. Eric Ebron is gone. 
And, you know, Luck retired last year. So, again, Phillip Rivers is now the quarterback. He's no longer in Los Angeles. He is now in Indianapolis. So, for Rivers, I have him with 388 completions for 4,543 passing yards, 26 touchdowns for 15 interceptions. He's got high interceptions. He just likes to throw the ball. He, th- he takes some risks. So, that's he's always had a high interception rate. So, still have him for that. Uh, I got him for basically no rushing, 25 rushing yards, no rushing touchdowns. He doesn't run at all. He's not a mobile quarterback. So I got him for 270 total points for the season. Um, I personally would not be drafting him in any redraft leagues as your quarterback. I would definitely play him uh, week to week if you need a streaming option. I think they'll have some decent matchups. Um, Hopefully he surprises me and does better than I kind of have him pegged down. All right, so let's talk some running backs. So the number one running back I have is Jonathan Taylor. I have him for 160 rushes, 718 yards, five touchdowns on the ground, 36 receptions, 308 receiving yards, and two touchdowns in the air for 158 points. Um, There's going to be a lot. It's going to be a frustrating year for the Indianapolis running back. Whoever that running back is, if they would just lean on one guy, they would be a top five running back. Unfortunately... They do the committee, and you'll see they'll probably ride the hot hand. And so if they can leave a player in there to get 20 to 25 carries a game, that that running back will be a stud. Unfortunately, they kind of limit guys to 12 to 15 a carry, and then they rotate it. So it can be very frustrating. Uh, Marlon Mack, I still see him probably starting the year solid. So he's got 189 rushes. 813 yards, 6 rushing touchdowns, 15 receptions for 91 receiving yards, no touchdowns receiving for 131 points. Next, I got T.Y. Hilton, their, their number one wideout. Let's see, I got him as wide receiver number 22. So right after Tyler Lockett, right before Devontae Parker and D.K. Metcalf. So he's like a wide receiver 2 and possibly 3 on your team. I think he surprises some people. I got him down for 128 targets, 78 receptions for 1,272 receiving yards and six touchdowns. So Hilton still has his his receiving. Basically, he looks like a Keenan Allen light where he's going to have plenty of receptions. He's going to have plenty of yards. He just doesn't get in the end zone like Keenan Allen did in L.A. with Phillip Rivers. I think they'll build a connection well there. Um, So that's for 202 points. Um, Next is the rookie wide receiver Michael Pittman. I got him down for 64 targets, 37 receptions, 504 yards, four touchdowns for 93 points. Nothing fancy. He'll have his games from here to here. I think he's going to be scary good though. Like I'm excited to see NFL wise that he's going to be, he, he'll be a stud. I don't know if it'll translate fantasy just yet. He kind of, um, his player comp is, is like, uh, losing my mind. The wide receiver there in, uh, for the Chargers, um, Mike Williams. Thank you. <laughs> wow. So he's very similar to like a Mike Williams. So Pittman could do well. He could surprise me. I think for a rookie, I think those are pretty solid numbers for a rookie. Um, hopefully he does better. And then you got the tight end, Jack Doyle there, who Rivers likes his tight ends. He always targets them quite a bit. So I have Jack for 99 targets, 73 receptions, 735 receiving yards, and four touchdowns for a total points of 134. So Jack, I have 
I'm not too high on him. He's he's a late a late tight end pickup. Um, let's see, I got him tight end 13 right now. So there's some other guys I like that have uh, a higher ceiling. I think I think Doyle's safe. So if you if you wait on your tight end, you could take Doyle and he'll he'll give you solid points from week to week. You, you know you're not gonna just poop the bed there at the tight end position. All right, you guys ready to talk some Jacksonville Jaguars? So the Jaguars, they load up on defense in the draft, despite trying to trade Fournette basically for free. Um, They didn't draft a running back at all. Uh, It looks like they will default to Fournette as their lead running back again. Um, I could see them adding a veteran running back later on. Uh, They traded away their quarterback that they paid a boatload of money for, and they are sticking with Gardner Minshew. And they added a quality wide out, in my opinion, in Levicus Chenault with their third-round pick. Um, the one surprise is they signed Chris Thompson, who has had the eye of offense coordinator Jay Gruden for several years when they were both in Washington. So that one's kind of a um, an interesting signing, in my opinion, because I think Jay, he just he's got this excitement for Chris Thompson who can't unfortunately can't stay healthy. He's never been on the field for all 16 games. Thompson is a electric back with the ball in his hands. He makes a lot of people miss. Um, problem is, is he, can he be durable enough? And it's interesting with Fournette. Fournette has always had that same kind of concern, except for last year, he finally stayed healthy and played through all 16 games. Um, but I don't see that receiving work where I think Fournette had like 70 some odd receptions last year. I don't see that happening again. I see Thompson taking a lot of that away from him. So that really kind of caps Fournette's ceiling. Uh, so let's talk the depth chart. So the quarterback there is Gardner Minshew. Foles is gone. It's it's Minshew mania there in Jacksonville again. Uh, they're going to lean on this kid. Um, surprisingly, he had he did pretty well for a rookie. Um, so I think he can take the step forward. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the running backs are Leonard Fournette, who's going to be obviously the main one there. And then I think the uh, third down receiving back is Chris Thompson. I don't think he is going to be the back, but I think he's going to, they're going to eat into each other a lot. The wideouts there, you got DJ Chark, who I think had a, Kind of a mini breakout last year. I think he's going to be a solid play this year. You also have wide receiver Chris Conley still there. And then they brought in tight end. Um, They brought in Tyler Eifert. So I like that where he is. He gives them another um, red zone target that I think they deeply were missing last year. All right. So let's talk some player projections. So the quarterback is Garner Minshew. I have him. For 393 completions, for 4,060 passing yards, for 24 and a half touchdowns, let's round up to 25 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's going to run the ball 293 rushing yards with one rushing touchdown for a total of 274 points. So that's not bad. Uh, my quarterback ranks, I'm, I have him kind of higher than I expected, but, um, at quarterback 15, so right behind Daniel Jones, right behind Ben Roethlisberger, or right in front of Ben Roethlisberger, in front of Ryan Tanhill. Um, so he's going to be one of those later quarterbacks that if he's there, 
Uh, sure, why not? He might have a decent... I forget who they play week one, uh, but he could have a, a good week one matchup, and why not stream him? So Leonard Fournette and Chris Thompson are the running backs. I have Fournette down for 215 rushing attempts for 879 yards, so he's going to get the ball plenty of times. Only five rushing touchdowns. I don't see him getting into the end zone all that much. Again, uh, 31 receptions, 230 receiving yards with one receiving touchdown for 160 points. Where Thompson's going to eat into Fournette, I got Thompson for 59 rushing, um, 59 carries, 252 yards, one rushing touchdown. But here it is, 39 receptions for 374 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns for 100 points. Um, it's just basically he's going to eat away from it, but not enough to sustain and be a dominant force himself. Um, here the wideouts. We got DJ Chark, who I'm excited about. I think I have him pretty high in my uh, rankings uh, where I got he's wide receiver number 25. So, so he's a solid wide receiver two flex play. Um, so Chark, I got him down for 122 targets, 77 receptions for 1,061 receiving yards for six touchdowns. That's a total of 180 points. I like Chark a lot. Um, and then next we got Chris Conley, who's going to, 87 targets, 51 receptions for 683 receiving yards and four touchdowns for a total of 117 points. Um, streamable from week to week, nothing all that important. And then Tyler Eifert, nothing exciting as far as the tight end. I don't. I doubt that many people will have him on their team, but I got him down for 70 targets, 47 receptions for 498 receiving yards and four touchdowns. For that's a total of 97 points. Um, he's going to be a boomer bust with the touchdowns. I think if you ever stream a tight end and you play him, you're hoping he catches a, a, a touchdown that week to uh, help you win your win your week. So, And the last team we have are the Tennessee Titans. The outlook for the Titans will be very similar to what they did last year, uh, except I don't think that they will have the same success they did in the touchdown department. They were hyper-efficient. Um, I expect Tannehill's TD percentage of 7.7% to fall back to the league average of around 5%. Um, they lost their tackle, Jack Conklin, who went up to Cleveland, um, which they did replace him in the draft with Isaiah Wilson, but um, that's they're not replacing the full talent of Conklin. I think Conklin is a very good offensive tackle. Wilson should be good. Uh, we'll see. I think it's still just different. It's a different chemistry now. Um, and then I also expect Tannehill to somewhat level up with AJ Brown and Jonu Smith. I see the a little bit more receiving work. I don't know if the touchdowns are going to be there. Uh, the team is definitely not going to be scoring like 35 touchdowns or something like that. in one field goal, that's going to change a lot. Um, so let's talk the depth chart. So the quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. He signs a new deal to be the quarterback of the future there. Uh, they franchise tagged Derrick Henry, so he is under the tag for at least one more year there. Hopefully they work out a deal and keep him as the back. They end up drafting another running back, Darrington Evans, who is kind of interesting, is uh, like the Deion Lewis role there. Very good receiving back, um, so I think he'll step right into some backup work for Henry. I think they'll use him a little bit more. Uh, in the the passing uh, downs, uh, then you still got your wide receivers and AJ Brown and Corey Davis, the tight end there, Delaney Walker. They let him go, so it's now Jonu Smith, who 
I was kind of like surprisingly to me, he I was a little high on him at the end of the last year. Um, he was a lot of uh, I think I had him down for a lot of streaming streaming options. <laughs> so I like him this year as well. I think he's going to level up and take a a step forward. Okay, so let's talk some projections. So Ryan Tannehill. Uh, let's see where I have him ranked. I think I have him like quarterback 19 or something like that. He was after Gardner Minshew. I know that much. Yeah, oh, sorry, quarterback 17. Close enough. Uh, so, again, I'm not going to go out and draft Tannehill. Um, the question is, I we all know he can do it. We all know he can throw for 300-plus yards, throw for two or three touchdowns in a game. The only question is, I when we all kind of know, is Tennessee's not going to play this run-and-gun style offense. They're going to slow it down, play amazing defense, and barely win the game. They're going to run the ball a ton, uh, really control the clock, and just lean on Derrick Henry. So Tannehill, I got him down for 310 completions for 3,573 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Got him running around for 155 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. That gives him a total of 245 points. That's not good for a quarterback. You want to see him in the 280-plus. You want your quarterback to score about 300-plus points in a year. He's had, he's under 250, so that means I'm kind of low on him. I don't think he's going to produce a lot. Uh, but I, the next is running back Derrick Henry. I think they're going to lean on him. I think he's going to have a similar season to last year. Not quite as good. I, there's regression going to be coming, but I have him down for 304, uh, rushing attempts for 1,397 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, 18 receptions for 142 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown for 234 points. Basically we haven't seen, um, Running backs who have rushed for more than 1,400 yards, we have not seen that in consecutive years. So since he did it last year, I, it, history says he's not going to do it again. So I think he's going to be close. That's why I have him projected for three yards shorter than 1,400. So I'm not saying he's – he is a beast of man. He is very capable of being the one to break that rule. Uh, I just am not going to bank on it, but I have him still producing a lot. Um, then Darrington Evans, I have him for 79 rushes for 277 yards, two rushing touchdowns, but 35 rece- receptions for 224 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown for 83 points. So again, he's going to be similar to that Chris Thompson role where he's just he's going to get some work, but it'll be enough. It just it's going to be frustrating because he's going to take away those you know receiving options for Derrick Henry, where if Henry ever got more of a chance to catch some screens and stuff like that, he could, because he could take him to the house. He'd just be electric, in my opinion. Uh, Let's talk the wideouts. So you got A.G. Brown and Corey Davis. Let's talk Corey Davis real quick. He's obviously not the wideout that they, when they drafted him in the first round a couple years back, that he's not that guy. So I have him down for 78 targets, 47 receptions, 655 receiving yards, and four touchdowns for 113 points. He's going to be there. He's going to take some. He, oh, he's going to take not some. He's going to take some receptions away from AJ Brown, where you're like, oh, that should have gone to Brown. Or if Brown had that, Brown would have just been amazing that week. It's going to be a little frustrating because he is a big guy. He does get the ball. He is still there. He's just not going to be fantasy relevant. All right, so let's talk AJ Brown. I'm excited about, about, 
about. Let's little tongue tied there. I'm excited about Brown. Um, I was surprised. I didn't think he'd be that good. I loved his talent coming out of the draft last year, but going to Mariota and going to Tannehill, I didn't think that they could do it. Tannehill surprised me. They have something there. So I have AJ Brown as my wide receiver number 14, right behind Juju Smith and Odell Beckham, but he's above Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley. I like him. I don't trust him to be my number one receiver on my fantasy team. So if you could get a, um, you know, if you can go uh, running back, wide receiver, running back, and then get him as your second receiver, that would be good. Um, Brown I have for 101 targets, 64 receptions, 963 receiving yards, and eight touchdowns for 176 points. Um, I don't see him getting a lot of yards. I think that's going to come down a little bit, but he's going to—he's a big body. He's a big man. He's going to get the target, uh, the touchdowns. He's going to get the looks in the red zone. So I expect his touchdowns to be um, similar to where they were at last year. So again, I like AJ Brown. I think he, he takes that next step forward. I just don't know if he exceeds the expectations that everybody is projecting for him. Um, He's right where my, uh, for like the average draft, uh, ADP, the average draft position, he's being drafted at his ceiling. So you're not, there's not value there. So he probably won't be on a lot of my teams. Unfortunately, I love the talent. I would love him to be on on my fantasy teams uh, because I think he's quality and he's great. Except, like I said, you're just drafting him too high. So if he can slip or fall a little bit, that would help. Um, maybe come draft season he does a little bit. I don't know. We'll see how everybody's reacting about him. But just be careful. Don't take him to be your number one wideout because you're going to be disappointed from week to week because what if Tannehill throws for 130 yards that week? Brown only has 60 receptions. Or not 60 receptions, 60 yards receiving that game. You're hurting, especially if he doesn't catch a touchdown. So it could be a boomer bust kind of season for him where very, very hilly, you know, where you get one great week, one not so great week. Um, let's talk John o. Smith, the tight, tight end to kind of wrap things up here. So Smith, I have him as my tight end number 12. I kind of like him as a breakout, kind of like Mark Andrews last year, where I think the talent's there. Um, we'll see if the opportunities are there. So Smith, I have down for 69 targets, 48 receptions for 600 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns. That's for 108 points. Not bad for a tight end. Um, Again, his ceiling is there. He's another big body tight end who can catch the ball and move. Um, We'll see if he puts it together. So he's kind of one of my later tight end targets for the draft right now. I got, I like Gusecki. I like Smith, um, Doyle's there if I got nobody else. You know, I like Noah Fant, Blake Jarwin kind of. They're, they all have some interesting where they could just blow up and be solid this year. So we'll see. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. So I want to say the next show we have, we're going to break down the AFC North. I want to say thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe and on whatever platform you're on, please leave a rating and review. It really helps out the show. You can visit us on the interweb at fantasyknockout.com. Check out my rankings and other stuff there. All right. Till next time. See ya. See ya.